Welcome to the LifeLinks Podcast, a platform to amplify Latina voices, to validate their story, and engage the comunidad worldwide. I'm your host, Consuelo Crosby, and also creator of this content. If you would like to chat about what you've heard here today, then reach out to me through our website at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Or through our Instagram profile at LifeLinks. I'd love to listen and engage in whatever you have to say. Hola, chicas. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. So grateful to have you back with us and welcome to the LifeLinks podcast, first episode of season four. I hope that your holidays were kind, they were super fun and festive, and safe because, wow. The end of 2022 was ridiculously intense. And although this one is starting off kind of rough, we'll get through it together as we continue to build this loving and supportive community. I thought by now I would have some news on the arrival of our little nieta or nieto, but still nothing. Mm. So keep us in your thoughts and in your hearts. A simple ask for some blessings sent our way for a safe arrival and a healthy mama. Today, we have a wonderful guest who has set her life towards inspiring young Latinas while also rising in her own career. Dr. Joanna Feliciano of New Jersey has a wealth of education, a wealth of executive leadership in her career, and even more so, an immense passion to ensure that her Hispanic and Latino communities are provided the resources, the networking, and the knowledge to move up and move through any barriers, either culturally or socially. Sit back and be soothed by Dr. Joanna's encouragement and belief that you have what it takes to rise up, be seen, and move into the life you want. She knows where to go for resources and support and has some insider info on how to get started. It's so easy, you won't believe it. Welcome to the show, Joanna. Yes, yes, I'm so excited to be here, sharing my time with you, Consuelo, and sharing this moment. It's really valuable, and we're really grateful for the time you offer us and extensive experience. Uh, But Mm -hmm. before we get to that, Yes. Why don't you introduce us with your heritage? Yes. I am originally from the South Bronx. It's one of the smallest boroughs in New York City, but also considered one of the poorest districts in the Mayfair. And my parents, uh, many years ago, back in the 60s, decided to come to New York City, especially the Bronx, and leave Puerto Rico because of all the challenges They were having with poverty, finding jobs, and they made the decision at a very early age, at 17 years old, to um, leave their island where we say, mi isla, that's what we mean, is our island, Puerto Rico at heart. They they left it and made a decision to say, you know what, we're going to come to New York City and start a family and raise a family and provide better opportunities for our children and the next generation. So I am the first generation here, born and raised in a very Hispanic community. That's where I started my walk with my culture and my identity. 
My parents taught me, you know, watching the typical TV, Telemundo, the local channel, seeing Sesame Street in Spanish. So that was my first language. And then when I went into the school system, that's where I finally started learning English. Was it difficult going into school, just starting to learn English and all about the outside American culture? Yeah, I would say when I started the school system, it was like 30 plus years ago. There was not a lot of resources yeah, for people like me coming into the school system. So I felt left out. I was always the girl that was always in the back of the classroom because mm. I did not fit in because I could not speak or communicate English well. And in addition to not knowing the English language, I also had um, a stutter problem. Oh, no kidding. Oh, the school system was not prepared for a population back then compared yeah. to today, which I'm happy Oops. and thankful because the statistics are telling the story that the Hispanic population is growing, is going to be a, a major population in the future. And those resources and those systems have to be built to support it uh, so they could succeed here in the United States. So your parents knew in advance that they were coming here to have better opportunity for their children. And so they knew that education was going to be the way for you. Did they stress that with having you succeed here? Yeah, I would say education was always a topic at the table. They always would have say education was something that we needed to achieve and acquire in order to have a voice. My father didn't finish third grade. He has a third grade education and my mother um, never finished high school. My father didn't know how to read or write when he came to the United States. So for them, they saw it as we're limited. We don't have an education, but we wanna make sure our kids get an education and that's not taken away from them. It's always been foundational because that's something that they taught me as a little girl. Like no one will ever take that from you. Even if you're different, that is yours. It's yours to carry as a woman and everywhere you go. So that is something that I have always instilled me. And that's even impacted me at an adult, you know, going to college, getting my master's, getting my doctorate. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Thank, that yeah. is a powerful education. And you must feel the power of the continual learning. But you mm -hmm. also have a very profound professional career mm -hmm. in financial services and insurance. Mm -hmm. Did they go hand in hand or do you just love both? I have a passion for learning. I was the young girl in the summer who would read so many books from the library just to learn. For me, education was like, it went hand in hand with learning, that passion for learning. When it comes to my career, I didn't always get my education to validate myself and my career. For me, it was just like, because I love learning and because I like being a role model for others and giving others hope and inspiring people, that completes me. 
versus, okay, this is my title. This is this. So I'm not one of those people that focuses on always title. Yes, I've been successful in the finance and insurance industry. I'm an executive in the insurance company I work for, but that doesn't provide me identity and that doesn't validate me. I'm going to use that for the quote. I've never heard anyone describe it in that triangularity where your joy and your love of self is coming from the education and the work. First gen are really being beyond encouraged. There's high expectation, a little guilt, a definite push to go into that education for the validation Uh and go straight into career, 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 and and then hit this, what am I doing moment later in life? Because we haven't ever gotten off the track to evaluate why we're doing Uh it. As a little girl, my parents would drive to Brooklyn, New York, and we would pass the Broken Bridge. I would look out the window from their car when we would go visit my aunt, and I always said, ah, look at those big buildings. When I started my career, and I started my career in a huge financial services bank, I, like many first-gen, was looking for validity. It was a dream come true when I started working there. I got an education. I took the mm-hmm. box with them, my undergrad, and I got the job. I work in Wall Street. But what happened is as years and years went on and I was always trying to look for that validation, mm-hmm. I felt that I was losing myself along the way and also losing the opportunity to find real joy. So mm-hmm. I kept going in that career because that's what, you know, my parents, you have to get an education yep. so you can be seen, so you can have a voice, so you can step up. And all that kept building and building, building, building up mm-hmm. that back in 2015, when I became unemployed mm-hmm. and I lost my job and I was without a job for a while, the light will click. I was identifying with my job, my career, my education, but that was me. But mm-hmm. the real Joanna was silent. What does the real Joanna want to accomplish in her life? So that was a pivotal point. So when I speak to young Latinas, And I encourage them, yes, definitely get an education. Yes, go for the top job. Yes, go. Don't lose who you are along the way. Don't lose those traditions that we have from our families or language, the beautiful culture we have, the love of our community. Our culture is all about love and unity. And don't lose those things because you're trying to identify and sometimes be Americanized along the way, mm-hmm. which is tough for first gen because you're trying to make your parents happy and fulfill the dream they want you to fulfill because they have limited dreams. But at the same time, you're looking for yourself too along the way. So for me, it was a pivotal point. I didn't know it, but when I had that moment of disconnect from the job, 
I realized that, yes, there was moments along the way that I had joy and I found myself, but this was the real moment that that's it. Everything started clicking. And that's the story I tell people. Yes, it's amazing to have an education. It's amazing to have a career, but don't yes. lose that authentic you along the way. What made you? I feel you have to stay connected to the mm-hmm. culture, the ancestry. It is deep DNA mm-hmm. that's rooted in the love of people, love of uh, joy, uh, mm-hmm. operating from the soul, not worrying. The brain does not direct you where to go. Mm-hmm. But once you are dropped into the American culture, mm-hmm. needing, like you say, to meet parental expectations, to meet the cultural validation that yes, we can compete. Yes, we are intelligent. I'm finding that it takes, like you say, it almost takes the universe (laughs) to knock you back on track because I've heard several women uh, that we've had on as guests have that, I call it a hard stop, Uh where something Uh really just knocks you off the track you are on Mm-hmm. And gives you that space to reevaluate. Yes. And realize like you shouldn't be operating your life with the joys over here. I'll get to it once work is done. Yes. No, they, they can work together. They can work together at the same time. And I've spoken to other individuals and they experience their heart stop. And it's mm-hmm. a painful heart stop because... All of a sudden, the mirror comes up and everything starts reflecting back. Your childhood, your teenage years, your difficult moments, all that starts coming back. And then you reevaluate everything and you say, okay, what am I going to come back out with? How do I want to come back out to, I call it like the second run. You're running a different race, but it's yeah. still connected to the old race. But now you're coming out and you're coming out of your shell. It's like, it's like a revealing moment and you know what you want. You're like, this is what I want. And this is what I want to keep. Yeah. This is what I don't want to keep. And, and just that fulfillment, you know where it's coming from when you're running that second race. I call it a second utopia. Yes. but I yes. And I don't think you can force it. I think it comes with life experience yes. where you finally understand enough of what the world is like, mm-hmm. how society operates, and, and who you are, and therefore mm-hmm. who you are in all that. What would you advise other Latinas before having to hit that hard stop? How would you advise them taking that moment to look back, self-reflect on their upbringing, to understand what's cultural expectation, what's culturally driven versus who they are now and, and how you can keep your culture and still live the life you want. Yeah. How would you advise them? So I would say the first thing is... One, speaking to others, speaking to others outside of your intimate circle. Sometimes when you go to your family, it's, it's hard to have those conversations. It's difficult because these things are very deep rooted 
in our culture. And to have mm-hmm. a conversation with your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, it's it's very difficult. And if they have not lived the life you're walking into or you're living, it's mm-hmm. hard for them to share some knowledge because they're not living it. And try to surround yourself with other women that you can share things that you may keep shut because some of us yeah. are, um, I wouldn't say ashamed, but sometimes fearful of sharing those feelings of, you know, am I adequate? I'm, am I inadequate? Am I meeting people's expectations? Am I making my parents happy? Am I making a difference? Is this degree taking me where it needs to take me? Oh, when I'm in spaces, no one looks like me. It's like the, the imposter syndrome kicks in. Like it's so many things you're balancing that sometimes even I, at a young age, I kept this shut because I did not know who to tell because uh-huh. I did not know how to share it without people saying, oh, you're making up the story. Oh, that's all in your head. You're doing fine. Keep going. Keep going. Then sometimes you're like, but wait a second, I'm, I'm going, but I feel like I'm not moving forward or I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm running around the same, like a hamster, you're running around the same wheel and not making a dent, not moving forward. So I always tell Latinas when I speak with them is find that, even if it's not a mentor, find another Latina sister that's older than you, you know, doesn't have to be extremely older, but they've gone through what you've gone through. And they can shed light that you're not alone. You're not alone feeling this way. And by not feeling alone is so powerful because then you know, wait a second, someone else had my same story or someone else went through this five years ago. This is what they can tell me so I can get through this situation quicker and faster. So I always tell them, don't be ashamed of sharing. Because I know that's a taboo in our culture. In our in our culture, it's like <laughs> it's everything. <laughs> it's like if you share something, it's like, why did you say that? Why are you feeling yeah. that way? And it's sometimes yeah. hard to explain. So I always tell them, please find someone that you can trust, that you know yeah. that they can guide you and they can support you. Because it's also finding that right person. And that's people that I found. I'm giving them advice from women that are powerful, that are older than me, that I found and say, yeah, I've been there. I've been in those places. I felt Mm -hmm. like that. This is how I approached it. This is how I found my purpose. This is how I align. And um, knowing that you're not alone is so, so powerful. And knowing you can depend on a sisterhood or another fellow sister and say, I need to speak to you. This is the way I'm feeling today. It gets you through it. It really does. Yes. Yes. You nailed it. Share your experience with the sisterhood and listen to their story. And what a lot of the guests have always said is that validation. Rather than seeking validation in the degrees you get or the job titles you have or the excellence in your career, seek the validation that what you went through as a young person and what got you here today 
is real. Yes. And only another first-gen Latina really understands that. Yes. The cultural pressure, the mm -hmm. cultural guilt, the behaviors you're taught, the expectations that are placed on you. Mm -hmm. It yeah. takes another one, like you say, who has walked in your shoes, maybe ahead of you to go, no, 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 don't wait till I found a way mm -hmm. to self-reflect. Let's start you earlier on. So you're not just on that hamster wheel. Get off that hamster wheel mm -hmm. sooner. Yes. And yes. live the life you want. That's why we do this, to mm -hmm. share these stories. So some some other woman can sit there and go, oh my goodness, yeah, this is real. This isn't in my head. Trying to explain it mm -hmm. to someone else who hasn't lived it. And you're right. You're not going to get the validation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you stay on that hamster wheel. You just stay on it. And, and the hamster wheel, you can be on it for a very long time. You can be too long. And then you're harder on yourself because you're on it for so long. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself because you're not fulfilling all the things that have been put on you. There's so many pressures that are put on us as first gen. It's like, okay, we have to succeed here, but also take care of our family, but also be a good partner, but also be a good mom. Just all these labels. And then you get to this point that even though you're doing it well, because a lot of us do it so well, do it the best we can with the resources we have, we sometimes feel we're not doing enough or we're failing at it. And then we keep ourselves in that wheel, not realizing that you're good. It doesn't matter if it's not 100% over there. You're still good because you're handling so many different things at the same time. Joanna, your words are so empowering. They're allowing us to be kind to ourselves by showing us a way out, not of the culture, but of the expectations. Mm -hmm. Those expectations that are cultural and maybe transferred over from our parents because maybe they were up against that same sense of, I cannot fail. So what do you think about this? That that might be why we don't get off the hamster wheel mm -hmm. earlier because it can be intimidating and self-identified as failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Several years ago, I changed how I looked at failure. When I was growing up and even my parents' generation, failure was looked as an end all. Like you're done. You're done. You need to quit. And oh. I, you know, when I started talking to people from different cultures, talking from other backgrounds, yeah. they look at mm -hmm. failure very different. Other backgrounds look at failure as you dust yourself off, you get yourself up, and it's a new opportunity. The lessons you learned through your failure will get you to the next place. And as I started putting all that together, I started realizing that I was so hard on myself when I failed. I stood there too long. Like if I failed at a job or I failed at getting a promotion or I failed at, you know, even not doing well in, in a certain class in school, I kind of like just 
laser focused on the failure and did not realize that there's lessons in the failure. And that's just for me to get back up and redirect myself and go to different places. I started incorporating that. And that got me off the hamster wheel, got me to a place where, you know what? It's okay to fail. It doesn't matter what people will say. I don't know if you've ever heard this. My family would always say, what would the people say? ¿Qué es lo que va a decir la gente? Oh, huge. ¿Qué es lo que va? And, they, huge. And, and there's nobody. It's oppressive. It's oppressive. Mm-hmm. Like, even as a little girl, they would always say, well, ¿qué va a decir la gente? ¿Qué va a decir la familia de nosotros? And I was like, well, well wow. But well, why are we worried about what our family is going to say? I always yeah. have that. That response in my head, I never said it out loud because I was like, oh, God, if I say it out loud, I'm going to get punished. <laughs> Bye. That could be another yeah. whole episode. That could be another whole episode. Punishment. The punishment. The punishment. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, that was always something that would be brought up. So yeah. I connected that also to failure because it's like, okay, what if people find out that I didn't? Do well is good. What did people? Wow. So it, it, it just kept, it, it followed me for a while mm-hmm. until I started having conversations with people outside the culture and them seeing yeah. failure different and not worrying about what people say because they're not yeah. walking in my shoes. It gave me like literally like 50 pounds lifted off of me. Freedom. Freedom. Mm-hmm. And validation. And validation. Validation again. So when I speak to Latinas, I say, it's okay to speak out your failures. It's mm-hmm. okay to speak about them to others. Because yeah. by you sharing that, there's someone else that may have gone or is going through this. Now you're going to help somebody because you share that and they ha- get a lesson from what you're sharing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good lesson. And also a way to filter out. Okay. This is the part of the culture that you don't need to bring forward. Mm. Let's just, <laughs> let's just keep this in the past. We're shutting the door on this. We don't need this. Mm. This is not true culture. This is fear. Fear. Culture. Fear. Uh, understandably, understandably, because our parents did something that we have never done. No. Right? We have not left everything behind, not knowing the language, not knowing the system, the culture, and uh-huh. just took that fearless leap. We, there's a lot of credit we give them. But with that comes the fear uh-huh. and understanding from, like you say, women ahead of us who have been through it, they can come back and say, oh, no, 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 that's not culture. That's the fear of yeah. coming here. Yeah. And it's valid. Uh-huh. That fear is valid. But you don't have to live in that fear because there's more here for you that mm-hmm. your parents didn't have. Yeah, yeah. So tell us about what type of organizations are available for young Latinas to hear these powerful stories and mentoring uh, advice from you. What type of organizations should young Latinas be looking for to hear women like you speak to this? I am connected with several organizations and one of the organizations I'm connected with is Lupe 
Latinas United for Political Empowerment. And that organization here is located mm. in New Jersey. And I, uh, first of all, I love the organization. It's been around, it's going to be 20 years next year. I'm a board member. And I, through that channel, they want to give out scholarships, but they also have speaking events where people like myself or even individuals from government actually speak. So seeing women, powerful women in New Jersey from our government, such as, you know, our council women or committee members of certain towns, they come in and they're from Hispanic, Latino origin, and they speak about their journey. When I speak, I mentor students, I tell them, look for an organization that you can volunteer in, that you can volunteer in and also attend some of their events because that's how you will be able to connect to people like oh, here that are yeah. much older than you on those as board members, you know, on those platforms. So I also tell people, you know, get involved and also volunteer at nonprofits because you would get to meet people on some of these executive boards that you would never get to meet elsewhere because they're sitting there in some of these huge nonprofit organizations yeah. where they serve, volunteer, and are executive board members. Yeah. Oh, that is very insightful. Isn't, I didn't even frame it as such. Yeah. And volunteering, therefore not paying for the ticket. You have access to what they're sharing, their expertise and their knowledge, but you also have access to them. them. So you're really advising the young women to create their network. Yes. This is networking. This is how you get known and have your name at, at the tip of someone's tongue. It's like, oh, I know someone who yes. Yes. will fill this position. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's really insightful. First gen is not a generational moment of time. No, it's not. It is an ongoing phenomena. Yes. And therefore, it's not a peer group. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's, and therefore, we have generations and generations of women mm-hmm. to reach out to and network with yeah. to both understand the cultural life impact yeah. that we're experiencing and also how to break it then yeah. and how to move into these powerful positions uh-huh. Yeah, and and not feel like you're alone in yeah, it. Yeah, not, not feel like you're alone. And that's something I remember, you know, several years ago, when I went through my pivotal point and I said, you know what, mm. I want to make sure that I make it easier for the next group yeah. behind me and get back and also share yeah. my struggles and my challenges. So okay. I volunteer for an organization called HISPA. HISPA is a major organization across the United States, but really it was born in New Jersey. And you become a role model for today. You go to these marginalized communities, schools, public school systems, and you share your story with elementary school students, middle school students. And when I started volunteering and pouring out to these kids, through that network, I got to meet other people mm-hmm. that have gone through similar paths like me. 
And they then connected Mm -hmm. me to other organizations. And then those people connected me and said, oh, I would love Joanna to come on this panel. Oh, I would love Joanna to come to this event and participate behind the table. And just by taking that first step in volunteering and getting out of my shell, I started Mm -hmm. walking in purpose and having alignment, but also sharing my story and bringing impact along the way. One of the things that I also learned is as you're growing in your walk, you're also helping other people to grow. So even if you're a Latina who don't feel like, I got it all together, why would anyone want to hear my story? Well, it's never going to be perfect. And it's never all going to be fully 100% lined up in our lives. But taking that first step to volunteer, you start connecting with other people and they start feeding you. They start helping you grow and then you can help others grow. So I always tell people, volunteer, volunteer, get involved. And you would see that you are going to grow. A year later, your life has changed so much from those moments of volunteering. So it seems that once you start, take that one moment just to see what it's all about. Just get there and see. At least you'll be listening and and learning from the experience. Mm -hmm. But it seems to snowball pretty rapidly. It does. Because of the networking and the association, the relationships you build there. Mm -hmm. And that starts eliminating self-doubt. Yes. And wondering if you're, quote unquote, doing it right. Mm -hmm. Yes, start here. They will embrace Mm -hmm. you. They will support you. They will be happy for you. Any little piece. And that is enough to get you moving and picked Mm -hmm. up and going. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So... Besides the love of learning, which I get, I get, what's another aspect of life that just brings you joy? It's just innate key to who you are. Well, for me, besides being a strong learner, something else that defines me, I would say bringing hope to people. I focus on inspiring and giving people hope and Letting them know that where you are today is just a point in time and it's going to get better. You're going to get through it. And that for me brings me total fulfillment. I go and I listen and I try Mm -hmm. to give the person enough, you know, a safety space for them to speak, Mm -hmm. share things with me and give them hope. So that for me is fulfilling. All the places I go to, I try to be that because I know there's always someone there that needs that hope and that light. Uh, I just want to reach through the screen and hug you like, yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes, Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. It is. And again, that's, you're so busy moving forward. We rarely stop and realize we just want that human connection Mm -hmm. of and understanding mm-hmm. because what happens in our life and it we're what human it's all going to happen mm-hmm. but it does not define mm-hmm. you what happens in your life does not define mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. how you react to mm-hmm. it has more to do with yes. you like you were saying earlier 
come out from the failure. Dr. Joanna Feliciano is not failure, but she will experience it and how you responded to it is who you Uh are. Mm -hmm. And it's with that. Yes. (laughs) It's with that that joy, like hope. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. I'll just keep rolling. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. Which can be hard, which can be really hard. And if you need to lie flat yeah. and you know, <laughs> not deal for a little bit, that's okay, okay too. We don't always have to keep yes. going. Right? Yes. right. Exactly. What's out there? Do you see something on the horizon for you still? Yeah. For me, I'll. It's getting more involved around the Hispanic community and focusing on not just the Latina empowerment, because that's something that I'm doing. It's also getting more involved in the special needs for the Hispanic community. Oh, speak to that. What is there now? When my children were diagnosed with special needs about 18 months and my family did not accept the diagnosis my family going back Uh, as a young mom that's crushing crushing. and because of that i went through this several years i helped them i got them all the services and all that but that hurt me Because I said, wait a minute, we need to talk about this. We cannot put this under the rug and just ignore that there's a diagnosis. There's a need. It's not the end of the world. There are resources for these children to succeed in life. But the way they reacted Mm -hmm. was more like a death sentence. So over the Mm -hmm. years, I've gotten involved in speaking to other Hispanics. But for me, my vision is in the future to get more involved. And I'm in discussions with certain people in the state of New Jersey to get more involved in that space, to be a voice, Mm -hmm. especially um, giving Hispanic parents a sense of hope and not being ashamed because your child needs help or needs resources. I got invited to go yeah. speak in the Bronx uh, next week at a fundraiser of an organization who supplies uh, special needs services for children in that community. What's full circle is that mm-hmm. where I'm speaking at is only several blocks away from where I grew up and the hospital that I was born at. Oh my lord! That this is the universe. Is. This is all meant to it be. Because you stayed on you, your journey, that self awareness. Yes. It keeps you listening to what you were meant yes. to be, what you were meant yes. to do. I share with people as well that we should never be ashamed of our experiences, and oh. our experiences are aligned with the purpose we came to do in this world. I didn't go through all these experiences in life to shut the door on them and keep them shut in a compartment and not let no one into that compartment. When I started looking at my life in that way, and I started saying, 
my God, like I didn't go through all this stuff being a first gen born in the Bronx and achieving a doctorate degree, being a parent for two children with special needs to keep it silent. Like I started seeing all those experiences as different. Mm-hmm. And I started saying mm-hmm. all those experiences connect a puzzle that designs my purpose in life. And they all are interconnected to where I'm going that future. Ah, I love this. It's so empowering to listen to all this. And again, this is why we put it out there around the world. It's like, if two people resonate with it, if 100,000 people resonate with it, it's something they would not have Uh heard otherwise. Unless they were in the same room with you. I'm going to come visit you in Jersey. It sounds like super powerfully (laughs) aimed at expanding the Hispanic culture and the Hispanic population. Yes. So how are you on the cafecitos? Are you a cafecito person? I am a cafecito. <laughs> and I remember when we uh, we connected and we said, like, what's your favorite place for cafecito? <laughs> I'll never forget where I grew up, there was a bakery. You know, the local Spanish bakery where we would walk to. And then the loaf of bread was 25 cents years ago. Oh, yeah, wow. 25 cents. It went up to 50 cents. And then wow. over time, it became a dollar. And we would go there early in the morning on the weekends, walk over on a Saturday or Sunday morning, depending on the day. And we would get steamed coffee from there. Like it was those old machines of steamed coffee back in the day. Now, I drank coffee at a very young age. I don't know if it's a Hispanic thing, but, you know, mom and dad. It is. Gave me cafe. And, you know, I have a 12-year-old and a 10-year-old, and they want to drink coffee. Yes. I'm like, no, no, you're not going to drink coffee. But then they're like, but mom, you drank coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. like, yeah. Did you get the cafe yeah, con leche? Yeah. The super sugary yeah. cafe exactly. con leche? Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't <laughs> give it to them, but I've had it and to the same <laughs> so um, they would have the steam milk and the coffee and I remember I would be so excited to mm. get a cup of coffee there as a little girl and the local bakery and get a loaf of bread right out of the old style ovens with mantequilla butter and when you yes. asked me that question I, I remember those special moments of walking with my mom or my dad and getting my bread and coffee and be so excited carrying my little brown bag home to have my coffee with panco mantequilla and dip the bread in the coffee. So those are memories that I'll always, always yeah. cherish. So fast forward, um, my husband and I, for many years, we have family in Camuy, Puerto Rico. And also, okay. we travel a few times a year to Kissimmee, Florida. So there goes mm. Joanna. I would always look for the Spanish bakery because of my memories as a mm. little girl. So there is yeah. the Florida bakery. It's on West Vine Street, on also 192. A lot of Hispanic, a lot of, it's like a bakery slash restaurant. You've probably been to those that they have the bakery, all the goodies on one yeah. side, and then they have the rice yeah. and beans yeah. and all the 
all the oily <laughs> sour on the other. So you want lunch, you go over here. But you can have lunch at 10 in the morning if you want to, because that's just the Hispanic culture. Yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. they don't eat lunch. And I, when I go there and my kids, I have passed on this tradition to them. They love those bakeries, even though we don't have them uh-huh. here where I live in New Jersey. You have to yeah. travel far for them. They go and they get out of the car as soon as we get to Florida, Puerto Rico, and they get so excited to go to the counter and pick out their big sugar donuts. Mm. They love the donuts <laughs> with sugar, a ton of sugar on them. And uh, of course, my yeah, cafecito, yeah. and we sit there and we enjoy the pastries. And that gives mm. me an opportunity to share with them the stories when I used to go to the local bakery in the Bronx in the weekend to get my cafecito, my bread, my sugar donuts, my powdered donuts. And um, that just keeps us alive because we go there and it's all Hispanics yeah. talking with, the, you know, rambling, the, having conversations and just being in that ambiance <laughs> and just feeling like you're home, but you're not home, but just feeling like you're, yep. you're home because you're connecting with people that are just like you and enjoying that food. I cherish those moments when I go to Florida and Puerto Rico to go to those local local bakers and see all the goodies that they they make. Oh, it reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. Uh, refueling yes, the little girl. Yes. Because yes. she's yes. your compass. She's the one keeping you on yeah. track anyway. So, oh, that is a great story. Isn't I love it. Yeah. I love it. So, as part of your emphasis in connection and networking. Is it okay that we have our listeners reach out to you on LinkedIn? Yes. Yeah, they can just type up Dr. Joanna Feliciano. I'm the only one that comes up and just link into me, send me an invite. I would love to, you know, if you want to speak to me, definitely I'm available. Um, yes, I'm always on LinkedIn and connecting to people. And, and that's a powerful platform. Thank you so very, very much for sharing your time with us and sharing these powerful stories and memories. And yes, they all resonate across the board, but really insightful, powerful Mm -hmm. points Mm -hmm. too that we don't realize we are not hitting until you speak to them, especially the volunteering, the networking, Mm -hmm. and understanding get out from under that guilt and expectation Mm -hmm but still know that you can carry a lot of the rest of the culture with you and speak yes. to it, yes. right? Yes. For it. Thank you for the opportunity and the platform that you provide. And through your platform, you're giving hope to people. Also, you're being a light and bringing awareness to our community that they're not alone. There's so many people out there that are like them and it's okay. You're not by yourself in your journey. You know, we're all in this together. We're all growing and we're all making a difference. So very thankful to you in your platform. Remember, you can find Dr. Joanna Feliciano's information on the show notes of this episode. And the show notes are the descriptive below every title. So whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify, any of the platforms that you have accessibility to, and also on our website at thelinks.com, that's L-N-X-X. And in the show notes, you'll see a link, resources for this episode. And by clicking on that link, it will take you to a synopsis article 
where we wrap up all the highlighted points of the larger interview. So there you'll find links to Joanna's Instagram profile, her LinkedIn profile, and her website for her consulting business. Joanna is such a valuable resource and such a passionate person wanting to increase the access for all Latinas to move forward in your life. She is a valuable person to network with. And as always, please share this podcast and your favorite episodes with your friends and family and anyone you think of that this resonates with, especially over that cafe con leche and those sugar donuts. Oh my Lord, those sugar donuts. Now, next week will be our pod club episode when we go over what Dr. Joanna shared with us today and then lean into that. Lean into that. Que vara ser la gente. Oof. Right. Yikes. It still sends me back. What a powerful way to start this new year of 2023 than to exclaim your affirmations of intent and free yourself from past cultural expectations and barriers. I tell you, we will be moving forward so quickly this year, headed toward the life that we want to live. We won't even hear what people are saying about us. They'll just end up talking to themselves. We won't hear it. Go get what's yours this year. You're deserving, you're worthy, and you're supported. Step into your truth, ladies. Ciao. Really appreciate the time you take to rate and review the podcast. Get the backstory and what you've heard here today and reach out to us at thelinks.com. That's L-N-X-X. Because it's about time, it's about us. Stay in the groove on our social media at LifeLinks and get ready to make your move, ladies. Viva!